it's not about, you know, trying to corner somebody into getting what you want. Mm -hmm. It's actually being a nice kind person and meeting somebody <laughs> who's doing the same thing that you you're doing and having relationship based on that. Like, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Hey everybody, this is Cameron Aubel-Brannigan and you are listening to The Cameron A.B. Show. Today I'm sitting down with a good friend and fellow actor, Liam Mulshine. Here we were able to talk via Zoom call about the theater world as opposed to the film and TV world, the differences between L.A., which is a big market, and Philadelphia, which is a small market, as well as the story of how Liam helped me become represented by my very first agent. I hope everyone's staying safe out there, and I hope that this talk gives you at least a little bit of value. So without further ado, here's our talk. So Liam, just introduce yourself, tell people who you are and what you're all about. Sure. Uh, my name is Liam Mulshine, and I'm an actor, theater artist, uh, living in Philly. I've been here for almost five years now. I'm originally from uh, Washington, D.C., um, but I uh, went to school in Boston and then lived in L.A. for almost seven years, and um, now I'm here. Yeah. And so it, it's very strange, you know, coming from L.A., which is kind of where so much, not just theater, but also TV and film and all sorts of entertainment goes on there coming to Philly, which is a much smaller market. Um, yeah. What caused you to move over here? Um, yeah, so it, it's not like a, an expected route to take as, a, as an actor type. Um, but my, uh, the guy who's now my husband was uh, my boyfriend in LA. He um, used to work in the film industry out there and um, uh, just decided that his heart wasn't really in it and was exploring new options for a career and uh, decided he wanted to study city planning. And Penn uh, here in Philly has one of the best city planning programs in the country. So he um, got in and uh, made the decision, we made the decision together that he would go to Penn for school and um, I would stay in LA and work, continue to work as an actor we do the long distance thing for a while and then see, see what life was like on the other side of that. And, um, <laughs> and if he came back or if I went to Philly or if we moved elsewhere. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so by the time he graduated, he had kind of fallen in love with Philly as a city. Um, I liked it. I had visited a few times while he was in school, but I didn't really know much about it or what it's like to be an artist in, in Philly. Um, and it seemed a little crazy to move away from LA, but, um, but I was, uh, turning 30 and felt like I could be, uh, sort of playing the actor lottery in LA, uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, and I could, you know, find great success you know, in the next year, or it could be in 30 years, like, yeah. I just had no way of knowing. So, right. um, uh, yeah, there were a lot of, a lot of different factors, but, um, uh, I just wanted to start a new, uh, chapter 
And so. Yeah. And by the way, coming to Philly, there's so much more theater here and very, very old um, companies and, and theaters here. So I'm sure even coming from L.A. with all of its, you know, perks and benefits and having such a big community there, I'm sure coming to here in Philly must have been pretty refreshing in some ways. Yeah, yeah, it's a definitely. Much smaller pond, if you will. Right. No, definitely. It's, it's a completely different environment and um, yeah, a smaller town, smaller sort of circle of, of people that you interact with um, in LA. It's just, you know, goes on and on and on in terms Tons. of the thousands of people that are there, which is great because there's so much talent and so much drive. Um, but it also means there's so much competition and mm -hmm. there's like a weird mismatch of supply and demand where there's like this huge supply of actors and, and artists who are sort of lured out there for various reasons, um, all trying to sort of quote unquote hit it big, you know, like um, that's why it sort of feels like playing the lottery in a way, like it's big stakes, um, big rewards, in Philly, it's just uh, a matter of reshifting focus. And it is very like a theater-based community in many ways. Um, so, you know, a smaller audience, a smaller group of people who are going to be able to like participate in what you're doing and enjoy, you know, the, the stories you're telling. But, um, but it has its own benefits and uh, it's, uh, you know, doing doing a play like I found I am able to um, just feel like way more artistically fulfilled than um, some of the other jobs I did in LA. Yeah, and 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 also you know coming here, um, you can kind of carve your own way. You can kind of be your own agent manager in a sense because you don't have to you know go through traditional you know agent to casting director kind of relationships you can kind of just create them yourself here in philly mm -hmm. make opportunities yeah. so yeah 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 um so what else is just different because honestly you know I've, I've used to live in california but i didn't live in la what's it like there if you know mm -hmm. somebody wants to go there for the first time or like what's a, a good thing not to do or okay. you know yeah, it's such a big, big question. Um, LA is an amazing place. Uh, it's it's huge. like it's what? huge. By the way, it's huge. By the way, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it's gigantic. I mean, like size-wise, you can drive for you know an hour and still be in the city, basically. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it's one of the sort of cultural centers of the world. There's so much happening there. And like I said, people come from literally all over the world, all over the country to make a life there and to see what it's like. And I feel like we all know a lot about it because mm -hmm. we've all seen it, but it's a very like specific side yeah. to LA. Um, and it's uh, because it's such a huge place, you really can't define it easily in one sentence or even a paragraph. <laughs> Um, I, I it, know I, I, get, I give you like a huge question, but just like you know, like if anything come to mind, like what, what, like what, yeah. what, but like yeah, it's it, it's a whole different animal there, and and also there's no seasons. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a very strange thing that it's 72 degrees, you know, in February or July. Um, uh, and it's gorgeous out, but sometimes too gorgeous. It's like, I just need some, you know, metaphorical and literal rain or snow or, you know, yeah. thunderstorm, which just doesn't happen that often. No. Um, it's, it's huge and spread out and sort of there, you know, obviously it's, sunny it i think that's i've heard that's one of the reasons that the film industry um first uh, you know got started there is just because you have this like guaranteed you know like 300 days of sun a year um so so yeah that's um it's amazing um but it's spread out everything's you know a lot lower to the ground i guess i would say than a sort of compact little city like philly or, or even new york um where it's all about like vertical living it's all sprawling yeah yeah and and you might have to you know i found that i would drive 45 minutes or an hour to get to an audition and the audition you know i'm in the room for like maybe literally a minute of um, that, you know, 30 seconds, you walk in, say your name, yeah. spin around, and then you're back in your car for another hour. Um, That's one thing I, I, I've always hated, even being here in Philly, because I live just outside of it. And, you know, I have to drive 45 mm -hmm. minutes to the casting director's, you know, office, and I'm there for five minutes. And then I have to drive 45 minutes back to my neighborhood. And, mm -hmm. you know, I did well, well and, and, you know, most times you don't even book the job. So I'm sure right. that's even more frustrating when you're in LA and you have to drive even further. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, that's like one thing that I kind of hope changes in terms of like, I, I know that a lot of more self tapes are going to be done. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, for me personally, that and and for for all actors, I I hope that it changes and allows more flexibility with the actor instead of having to spend all that gas money and all that mm -hmm. time and ask for someone to cover your shift and all those right. other things that you got to do. So, yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I think it's um, something that I I learned slowly, and I guess I'm still in the process of of learning and re reminding myself all the time is just to not, to, to, to find ways to uh, find pleasure in, in life and find fulfillment yeah. uh, and not uh, make your life so myopically focused on like getting the job that you, you know, you drove an hour to audition and like, if you don't get that job, you know, it's nothing's worth it. It's like, you have to find the balance and, um, and so I did a lot of that, but I also, you know, like definitely, you know, tried to find ways to hang out with friends and to do things that were like really um, uh, just felt good, <laughs> like um, going to museums. And there's this great um, observatory, Griffith Observatory, which is right. like in the hills of LA, um, kind of near the Hollywood sign. And like there were all these programs about, about space and about science and about astronomy and um just gave me this like amazing perspective that i could get you know so focused on my life and my like successes and failures and and then like drive up to griffith observatory and learn about you know the life of a star and how um uh yeah just putting it all in perspective yeah so that took a while yeah um, i was about to say that that's it sounds like you you had a hard time in the beginning making that 
switch. Now, did you also encounter that when you were in school? Because school is kind of different because you're kind of, uh, I hate to use this, this analogy, but you're kind of in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not, you know, thrown to the wolves until, you know, uh, yeah. you know, after you graduate or get out or when you leave. Right. Yeah, no, that's school. Um, I went to Boston University and studied theater uh, at the conservatory there. And um, yeah, there is an interesting sort of tension of like, that bubble is important. And it's like, I'm so glad that I had that space and the privilege to like, fail big and like, try things and be weird and, um, and, you know, just like experiment with theater and with art and, um, and not feel like it was a competition. But at the same time, you are in an atmosphere where like, you know, there were like 40, 45 of us in my class and um, we were sort of coddled a little bit in terms of like, you know, always getting to be in shows and um, uh, yeah, just just being fussed over a little bit and, and like um, the real world isn't like that. And yeah. uh, I like that being fussed over. I like that term. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, um, so that's, yeah, and I I wish it was such, I wish that we had had a little bit more of, like, those difficult conversations about, like, how, you know, one gets a job um, and what it's like to to live and work as an actor or not work as an actor and the reality of of that life um, because it's definitely not glamorous. Do you think that most schools kind of have that problem? Like yeah. Like people that you've met, met, met and worked with? Like, I think so, but I, I feel like it's been changing since I was in school. Um, but um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's always... I don't know. It, it's, um, it's something I think schools could definitely improve on, but right. you don't want to, like, crush everyone's spirits you know, as a, as a 17, 18 year old. And I, I'm glad that I was told that I could, you know, do anything. And that sort of broadens your horizons and um, definitely is great for self-confidence, but um, you know, the realities of the world of acting and, and theater and TV and film certainly is that like, there's a lot more people than there are jobs at any one time. And yep. Um, you especially can. if you're union, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. I, you know, there's always that duality, like, you know, everything that's quote unquote noteworthy is, you know, SAG, AFTRA, you know, mm-hmm. part of the union, you got to be this and that. But like you said, the supply and demand, there's just so many actors who want to get on these very few roles in these TV shows, you know, unless mm-hmm. you, you, you want to go for like an NCIS where they've had a bajillion seasons and a bajillion right. co-star roles. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and I'm wondering what, you know, especially right now, this time in which, you know, we have so many actors who are already living on the edge mm. and then you're literally forcing them that they can't 
nobody's going to work for three, four months. Yeah. You know, I was just talking with um, somebody who's in the union and, and, you know, there's all these, um, you know, questions and answers in zoom meetings. And a lot of them are like, you know, it's wishful thinking that we're going to start during the, the, the summer, but really it's going to be the fall before anything mm. really picks back up again substantially. So all these actors and artists who, you know, might've, you know, already been working as waiters and things, not, not only can they not work there, but they can't even go and audition. So right. I think, you know, possibly many unfortunately as many artists might just say you know what i'm i can't do this anymore yeah but uh yeah you know i i, th I think you just have to kind of keep the faith and uh i i do believe that there will be like a new new boom moving forward yeah i i hope so yeah. and i mean i've i've heard you know people talk about how the the first thing everyone turns to when they're bored or when they're, you know, staying at their house all the time is like movies and TV shows and web series and like, you know, so. Everybody's on Netflix right now. Yeah. So they're all <laughs> turning to the arts for yeah. inspiration and for comfort. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about what it'll look like. And it's, um, it really sucks for the, the people who were already, on the edge and, and yeah, feeling yeah. like, yeah. I mean, the the world of the arts is such a, a privileged field to to work in. So, you yeah. know, anytime there's something big like this, it really affects those at the edges most. And yeah. those are some of the stories that are, you know, I I think should be lifted up and and put in the center and um, listened to and told. Right. So what are you working on or doing anything during all this? Mm. Uh, it's okay if you're not doing any, it's yeah. fine, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely trying to remember that I don't have to constantly be producing something or working on something during this time. Um, I think we're all, all, there's like just a feeling of internal, Mm. guilt and shame or mm. certainly on my end of like mm -hmm. I'm not doing enough everyone else is doing something everyone else is doing self-tapes and um and teaching online and like learning monologues so I you know there's lots of days where I'm just hanging out at home and, and cooking and uh hanging out with my cats and feeling a little sorry for myself and for the state of the world but um <laughs> But I do, I meet with, I have this uh, theater company. There's six of us that live all over the U.S. and one in Italy. And we've been meeting every week just to stay in touch. And um, uh, what else? I mean, I, I have submitted a, a couple of video auditions for, um, for theaters. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I the, the truth is with, acting it's like you're very much sort of at the bottom of the totem pole you're like the bottom rung of, yeah. of the ladder which, which and is then, crazy because we're the faces of the yeah. production, which is you know I, I, and and you know i kind of felt like that as a dancer as well you know mm. um we were the ones who were on stage mm -hmm. executing whatever the director and choreographer wanted but you know we were the ones who were paid the least and had right. the schedule um yeah 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 it's it, it, it's a weird feeling but um 
yeah, no, that that that's good that you've been doing something. Yeah, I I, I know like a lot of you know artists who kind of are having this pity party. <laughs> oh, I can't do anything. You know, I mm-hmm. I you know, but at the same time, you don't want to be that actor who's you know locked in their room working on monologues all day mm-hmm. or writing all day. I mean, you do have to find that balance, like we just talked about. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, I have things sort of on the back burner that occasionally I'll, I'll bring to the front and work on a little bit. I have this, uh, it was originally a web series that I had written and produced a, a pilot of in LA that I'm now trying to think about turning into a a, a show, maybe a one-person show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sort of reworking that. and But I just, I don't know when, like, you know, that could be really produced at this point but um well i mean you can get creative with i mean at at least you can make the like the script and then who knows maybe it becomes like like an online kind of deal yeah you know yeah because i know like plenty of shows who kind of have like a zoom thing going on and they kind of build suspense and drama around it and Mm -hmm. yeah that's Hey, I I think that we're going to see a lot of really creative um, projects being produced because of all this. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, I was the same way. I I, I have a few things on the back burner, which I'm, uh, you know, n- nothing's like fully baked. Mm-hmm. But but now because of all this, I'm like, oh yeah, I can think about this differently today. Oh, I mean, maybe yeah. maybe this can be better if it doesn't have so many people or you know it's like right it's it's funny to think about so yeah yeah yeah. one thing i do want to talk about is um uh i remember you know i I want to tell the story about how i got repped by reinhardt yeah um do you remember when i texted you a couple what was it like a year year and a half ago Vaguely, yeah. 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 Anyway, you said you were looking for a presentation, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I was still dancing. I was still, you know, mm-hmm. and part time, I would work at a PT clinic. And I remember I was in the front, like situating something, and I saw a magazine for the patients. And on the back of it was an IKEA ad. Mm. And I remember I met you, and I see, I'm like, this guy looks that. I know this person on this IKEA <laughs> and I'm like, this guy. So I take a picture of it and I send it to you and I go, how, like, th- is this you? Like, yeah, that's me. How did you get this? I have representation. I said, that, that's amazing that you get this opportunity. And without me even at, you were just like, I should introduce you to my agent. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, and then I met, with Reinhardt and got, yeah. got, got with them right away. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it's so funny how like l- little things can just happen. And, and, and I'm sure the, like you've even had parts of that happen in your career where like you saw something or you had a relationship and it just like branched into something else. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like, I, <laughs> I despise auditioning, like just cold auditioning coming in and being oh. like, I don't know you, you don't know me but this is what I can do. And um, so I feel like those times when you can like connect someone and be like, I know you and I know you, I want you two to meet, um, that kind of thing. Or I've seen you in something like, why don't we work together? That sort of 
connection is such a, a better way to go about doing things. And I, um, so if I can ever like give someone else a little leg up, not that I have a whole lot of power, but like I can connect people together and, um, and yeah, so that's, that's what yeah. happened in that situation. Have you ever had, um, that happen to you like on the other end? Yeah, let me think. I, I mean, definitely with in the theater world here in Philly, um, I've I've done a lot of just auditioning where I go in because I see they're holding auditions. But like some of the things I've worked on that I'm I'm most proud of um, have come from you know that director came to see a show I was in and then asked if I would audition. Or, um, or just straight up like offered me, huh. you know, a role in a, in a show. Um, so, so yeah, that kind of like connection I feel like is so so much stronger. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess looking back, like even thinking about moving to Philly, um, the way in which that happened was I. Um, coincidentally saw a show that the um, actor and amazing artist Liz Filios was doing uh, The Tempest in um, at South Coast Rep in, in Southern California. She's an amazing um, theater actor, you know, artist in, in Philly. I happened to meet her after the show and said like, great job. I had no idea that she had a Philly connection, but then we got to talking and she said she lived here and could introduce me to, um, you know, some of her friends so that I could get a better sense of what it would be like to, to live and work as a, as a, an artist in Philly. So she connected me with, um, a few different people who I was able to like have one-on-one -on -one conversations with FaceTime with while I was still living in LA. And they're the ones who are like, no, like Philly is, is this like, hidden gem it's a great place to really to be you can live in the city like in the city and um and work as an actor or you know a teaching artist um and you can go to new york if you need to mm -hmm. and yeah. you can go to new york it's only two hours away right exactly so yeah um yeah so it was like it was like that that personal connection is what really sold you know me on yeah. philly yeah, and, and, and I'm sure she put you on and, mm -hmm. you know, like her friends helped you, mm -hmm. you helped that, you know, it's like, it, yeah. it, it's all about relationships and it's not like you go into it kind of conniving and thinking like, oh, I'm going to use this person because she knows this one and this, and then there's that, oh, I can get something from her. No, you're just meeting new people, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think that that's where the relationships really lie. You know, it's not about, you know, trying to corner somebody into getting what you want. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, actually being a nice, kind person and meeting somebody <laughs> who's doing the same thing that you you're doing and having relationship based on that. Like, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. You know, yeah, it, it, it's not like a shark tank. It's uh yeah yeah and it, it's it's hard you know when you're like working in this field where there is no job security and like you know everyone has those feelings of desperation and of like needing people to give them jobs basically but i uh I, i've learned that like 
the the best experiences I've had like auditioning are where I go in and I just try to forget like that there's even a job on the line at all right. yeah that they're you know judging me in any way just go in and like try to have a, a bit of a connection just, and, and, and also have fun yeah yeah you know because like you said you know you don't know if this is going to be your last job or not or you don't you don't know what this is going to be or what it's not going to be so just just go and have fun allow you to be you and then mm-hmm. whatever happens happens yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but i yeah. i also think that there there's never such thing as job security mm. there's ne- I, I to me personally no matter what field you're in right you know like i i know even a few doctors who aren't working right now mm-hmm. because of you know the coronavirus yeah you know i i i've seen people you know in the restaurant business who will have to close down because of this like there, mm-hmm. and like you, you can't you can't ever say that there's any career that is 100 percent foolproof yep because stuff happens yeah right yeah yeah so um so we talked about some of the good the bad the ugly mm-hmm. uh if there's you know, I, I always like to ask people this. If, is there something in the industry or something that, you know, you've seen that you wish could be changed? What could it be? Hmm. Whether it be an approach, whether it be the type of system or something you do personally or what you see other actors do. That's interesting. Um, like something that you're just like, oh, I have to do this, but it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. It's a hard question. I know it. That's a tricky question. No, I I, I mean, I guess. I don't want you to say anything dumb that make you get in trouble with anybody, but like. Right. You know, there's there's always something. I don't know if this is something that one could do anything about, but like, there's such a weird, um, inversion of like, uh, the sort of like glamour and fame and like uh, reach of a job versus how fulfilling and good quality and enjoyable a, a job can be. So, so for example, like the Ikea ad that I was so grateful to shoot, like it was a really fun couple of hours on set and you know it's a company that everyone knows and like i had no idea that it would be have the reach that it did like there was like a, a new york times article where they they featured the the ad and it was on the backs of magazines i was like next to you know on the other side of oprah's face Oprah. on the magazine was, was like it. crazy <laughs> um and and people all over you know the country who i knew were sharing when they like saw it online or saw it in a magazine um so it just it had this like reach and everyone knew what it was because everyone knows ikea and it feels there's like a glamour to it and i understand like that that feeling it's the same thing when you like you know see someone you know on tv um it's like oh my god that person they're they've like they've made it they're like they're there um they're doing the thing and uh and it was a really great like shoot and i really enjoyed it and i'm i'm proud of it but like, you know, I've, I've worked on shows where because of the size of the, um, the theater, you know, there's like maybe 
over the course of the run, 500 people or a thousand people total have like seen this thing that I like worked so hard on for like yeah. months. Oh, and like, I worked on the accent and the character yeah. work and like, uh, it was just so, so funny and poignant. And like, I, I'm so proud of like the work that I did as a part of that, that team creating that, but like, it just doesn't have the reach and it doesn't have necessarily the same clamor, you know? And, um, and so, so it's, it's, yeah. it's a weird world in that way that like the things that the most people might see that might bring you some like notoriety or some fame or something um, aren't necessarily the things you feel are most artistically interesting or like right. you're really proud of. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's weird because, you know, we all get our kick for something different. Mm-hmm. You know, some people would prefer to only do that Ikea ad or some people mm-hmm. would only want to be doing that theater production where only a thousand people might see your work. Yeah. And both are really fulfilling, you mm-hmm. know, in, in different ways to different people. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people only get into this because of the glitz and glam. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. A lot of people are like, you know, I want to get that Academy Award. Mm-hmm. And that's their North Star, which is great to have and power to you if you, yeah. you know, and, and if you got the talent, if you got whatever and the right people and you make it work and you're strategic and you get there, mazel tov. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot different to kind of be like, I'm doing this because I love it and I don't care how many people see it. Right. I don't care about the numbers or the money or the the fame that comes with it and a lot of times you know actors get into it and they get that little bit of success and then they get that little bit of fame or that notoriety and they realize oh my god this is not what i want Mm -hmm. because it's just a different level of sacrifice at that point yeah absolutely i think it has its own different game so, I mean, you kind of answered the next question, but I was going to ask you, like, what part of the industry do you love? But mm. it sounds like you just, like, went off, and you just kind of said it right there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely um, some of the, the work I've done in theater here in Philly has been so fun and so, like, expanding in terms of my, like, sort of confidence, you know, things that, like, I never thought I could do like, you know, I just, I felt like we're outside of my wheelhouse. Um, I was, you know, given opportunities to, to try and to push outside of my, my comfort zone. Um, and those experiences have been really, really gratifying. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess Another thing I love, but that I've only like dipped my toes into recently is, is just going, pushing beyond being just an actor, like you talked about in the dance world of just sort of executing the vision of the choreographer, the director, whatever, like having a little bit more agency to, uh, in terms of like writing and directing, um, it's weird because those things aren't necessarily, they don't have the the glamour, the instant appeal of like, I can see, you know, the work in the way that you can see an actor's work. But, yeah. um, but being able to like, see your words come to life or to, to like 
help create something that's so gratifying as well. And I, I get to do a lot of that work with my theater company. Um, we're called Tutsani Theater Company. And, and um, we all met studying in Italy, studying Commedia dell'arte, the nice. traditional masked Italian theater. Yeah. Um, so with that, there's, there's six of us in the company and we all sort of share the responsibilities of, of being the actors, but then also being the writers and the directors of the piece that we're working on. So um, now with that, is there like a set like structure to it? Because I remember, I remember way back when I did a, a rendition of Romeo and Juliet and there was the Commedia dell'arte mm -hmm. and, um, group and I was actually one of those portraying it and you know there's always like Columbine and I mm -hmm. forget the other names of them but is there like those central figures no matter what story you're saying yeah generally that's the idea with comedians that that. Have I'm, these... I'm actually really interested about like what what is that exactly mm -hmm. yeah no that's what's so so great about it is you have this framework that you can start out with um a shared understanding of these characters that have sort of been passed down through hundreds of years um, of there's like Capitano, the captain who's, um, you know, sort of bold and, and brags, but also has this side of being like immensely afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. And um, there's, you know, Columbina, you were talking about the, the maid character who sort of has a direct conduit with the audience because she's often the sole woman on stage and she sees the mischief that everyone else gets into and the, the you know, fools that they are. Um, and there's Arlecchino, who's sort of a clown, like monkey type character, who's very childlike. And um, Pantalone, the, the, the pants of the house, the sort of head of the household, who's very, you know, um, driven by money and by greed and sometimes power or sex. Um, so you, you have these sort of stock characters that we see today in, in sitcoms and still, you know, on stage in Romeo and Juliet. Um, and then you can play with them as you wish. You know, you can kind of create the, the chemistry of those scenes of putting these two characters together or presenting this, you know, obstacle or this thing that they have to do together. Um, and seeing what happens and, and, you know, the role changes based on who's inhabiting it. So my pantalone is different from your pantalone, you know, um, I will often in our, our productions with Tutsani theater company, um, I love to play Capitano, but he's usually like a, a military captain, mm. but because I don't really have, that as like an accessible, like I know what it's like to be in the army because I don't. Um, I've taken the approach of like, he's an actor and he's like, just wants the limelight, wants to be center stage, sort of a diva character. Um, so you can sort of play with it as, as, you, as you wish. There's no rules necessarily right. other than the ones you create. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of framework we, we work off of and, and sometimes, there's a set story that you can also work off of. So like the last show we did was based on the Cinderella story, which everyone knows. And that was sort of the idea is like, it's a famous story. So that's like, you can get butts and seats that way. And, um, and you don't have to do a whole lot of explaining. You can sort of immediately begin to play inside that story and twist things around in an in unexpected way. And um, I can tell you really love it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great, and it's 
it's such a nice um, uh, just counterpoint to to the world of being the the actor on the the bottom rung of things of of going to auditions and being like please give me a job I swear I'm good at this um, to to be in a, a group of people with you know immense trust with among each other and um, and to just be able to play around and like put something up and um, fail big again and and um, go outside of our comfort zones. And, and the beautiful part about theater is that you can mess up royally. Mm -hmm. it, and, and, but it, you know, it's not recorded. Usually. Yeah. Usually. I mean, yeah, yeah, usually. It's, but, yeah uh, it, it's very, um, it's terrifying in that regard because you can't really mess up, you know, like you have to incorporate everything that's happening, whether things are going well or not going well, like it's happening in front of people. So you have to go with it. Um, whereas, you know, film and TV and commercials, you can kind of be like, let's do that one again, because that yeah, yeah, yeah. sounded weird. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. something wrong happened, or right. set yeah. wasn't right, or, you know, I, I, I love when those, um, and, and it doesn't matter how, 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 how much, how anal you get in trying to, you know, cover up every little thing. Something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Even on even on TV and film, like I I remember I love those those articles and memes where it was I think it was Game of Thrones where you see the coffee cup mm -hmm. like the Starbucks coffee cup like in the background because some stage you know or some sort of set hand didn't pick it up yeah. or the director left it there yeah you know, and they took did a set and was, all right that's good enough we'll get it in post right and then everyone's like that's a is that a coffee cup that's not period. It, no, uh, you right. know, and that was like a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they just kind of like messed up on. Right. Somebody like that, got fired for that. Yeah, I mean, that's like, <laughs> in the world of, of my theater company, like the work that we do, like a coffee cup on stage would have been like the best thing for us because everything would have ground to a halt. All the characters would have been like, whoa, wait, what is that? And then, you know, the scene would have turned into like the scene of the coffee cup and like, how did this coffee cup arrive in our world? Right. And, um, it's, but that's the difference with theater, you know, like every yeah. little thing that goes wrong or doesn't work, like you can make it into something else. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like if something breaks, like how, what would the character do if like something spilled or, you know, like right. in, in, in TV and film, everyone's like, cut, we got to do it again. All right, let's put it all together. And right. Another hour or so, you know, like pay, get paid yeah. overtime. But, you know, in theater, it's, it's cause I remember, cause I've had a lot of performance experience as a dancer. Something will always would happen. Mm. I remember this one show specifically where we were in the middle of the show and the music was pl being played on a CD. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the number the, uh, of the show, the CD player just broke. Oh no. And it was like, like just shot. Uh -huh. What we had to do, we had to finish like the rest of it with, in silence. And so everybody's kind of like, all right, we all know the music. We have to push through this. And we, we, we do. Oh. And then we went to like a, like a, premature intermission and someone had to like plug in their phone for like the rest oh. of it was like a it was like a monster but like stuff like that happens all the time you just keep going yeah and that's i mean that's like that is theater right there that's, that is theater that, that's when everyone like in the audience knows something has happened and they like 
you know, maybe they're spacing out or something, they suddenly like come to sharp attention and they're like, what is going on and how are they going to react? Yeah. Wow. And that can work in your favor or it can be really distracting. You know, if you're trying to put on a a well-made play with like specific beats and everything, then suddenly like a glass breaks and like that ruins it because no one can pay attention anymore. Right. But in the world of commedia, you know, where there basically is never a fourth wall, all the lines are sort of delivered to the audience. Um, Having something like that, we had like a school bell ring, you know, when we were doing a performance in a high school once. And that was like amazing because it was like, where's this sound coming from? And uh, like uh, once we were doing a performance where a woman's cell phone dropped out of her hand onto the floor. And so I like turned and, you know, in character was like... um, how dare you, you know, you've just, you've ruined Capitano's, you know, scene and now I'm out of it. And, you know, it was like, it was really fun to, to, to play around and, um, and everyone knew that wasn't scripted. And so, right. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I always love giving advice with these things and, you know, since you've been doing this, you know, both in theater and in film, mm-hmm. if you could, you know, give it advice to some, I, either either a younger you or somebody mm. who's kind of starting out, what would you say to them? Huh, what would I say? I would say, uh, I think, okay, there's a lot I would say. One, one thing is like, say yes to everything, but then there comes a point where you have to um, trust your gut and do what's going to be good for you and learn to say no. So like early on in your career, you know, I was going, you know, in LA, I was going to every audition I could, every student film you know, that paid zero dollars, you know, like all that just to like absorb all the the knowledge of what it's like to work on set and to practice saying things to to a camera and to see what works and what doesn't. And um, and I would like, you know, give away my my weekends and my time and my abilities for free to, to get, you know, some footage back and to learn some lessons. But then there's also a time in one's career, I would suggest where you have to remember that like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. You know, like if you don't feel good about going to this audition, that's an hour and a half away because it might not be worth your time. Then like, maybe don't go. Or if you were offered something, but you just feel like it's not going to be worth it to you, then like learn to to say yes and no and be more discerning. And that's um, not being a diva at all. That's not, yeah, you know, no. people might see that and be like, oh, he just doesn't want to do that. You know, so there comes a time in which, you know, maybe you don't want to do that kind of work anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, like, I was talking to someone yesterday and, you know, he was telling me, uh, actually, it was Lyman, Lyman Chen, do you know? Yeah, he's, he's uh, with Reinhardt mm-hmm. as well. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, and, uh, yeah, so I was talking to him yesterday and he was like, you know, there came a point in which, I didn't want to do commercials and industrial things anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wanted to do more, you know, TV series and, you know, go that route. And so you, even if it takes you three years and you don't get any, anything, mm-hmm. you'll have to kind of say, 
this is not what I want to do anymore. I want to do something different. Right. You know, and then that kind of leads into what you want for your career. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm trying to think of other things. I mean, one other thing I've I've thought of is I feel like I, um, I am susceptible to imposter syndrome, the feeling of like, who am I to be doing this thing? Who am I to be, you know, pretending to be a model on, on set? Who am I to be pretending to be a theater teacher? You know, like I have to always remind myself that like, sometimes you have to like call yourself the thing you want to be. Yeah. And like in time, you will become the thing you're calling yourself. And it's not about like lying, but it's about finding the like inner self-confidence to just go for it and to not be perfect at first, you know, like in terms of teaching theater, um, it's something I've been doing a little bit of in Philly. And, you know, the first time I got a gig teaching at a theater, I was like, oh my God, what have they done? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is all a mistake, you know, like they're gonna find out that I don't know how to teach theater. And then I went and it turned out like, oh, I actually knew a lot more than I thought I did. And like some things didn't go perfectly, but like I learned some lessons and now I've got this thing that I can like put on the resume and say like, I am a theater teacher because I have already taught theater. And and so things sort of build on themselves and, and so don't, don't um, rule out things you haven't done before. Just try it yeah. if it's something you're interested in. Be brave. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel, because I was thinking about this the other day, everybody's scared. Mm-hmm. The writers are scared. The producers are scared. Especially the actors are scared. The DP's yeah. scared. Everybody has, you know, their own nerves that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. throughout the whole process not not just on set or whatever right um or you know at the theater or right before the show like everybody is scared yeah and kind of putting that into perspective and kind of knowing that it puts everybody at a level footing and mm-hmm. allow like it, it has helped me in auditions just totally. kind of be like all right i'm i'm not looking for breadcrumbs you're in the same boat as me. Yep. And we're going to make something of this. Yeah. Maybe not now, maybe later. Maybe. Right. But we're I'm I'm an equal to you. So Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Well thanks so much for uh sitting down with me and uh Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks yeah, so I mean ho- hopefully when this is all done we'll we'll go get coffee or something. I would love that. Okay. Yeah. I I think everybody would love to get out of the house and live a more normal life again yeah yeah well hopefully soon hey guys thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you got any value from this please share with a friend and make sure to subscribe so you can listen to every new episode all right have a great day